morning. morning. It's good to see you. If you don't know me, my name's Wayne. Uh, I'm one of the ministers here, and it's great to be here. Hasn't it been wonderful to worship God this morning? That's great. Four of you think it's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's great. You know, we, we, we were allowed to agree on these kind of things. Wasn't it great to worship God today? Fantastic. Eleven of you responded that time. That's great. So it's good to be with you uh, today. You may remember a couple of weeks ago, the country celebrated children in need. That time of year where, where people do lots of different challenges to raise millions of pounds to help children who are in need. And there's lots of challenges, whether that's drumming for 24 hours, dancing for 24 hours, doing PE for 24 hours. They seem to have moved on from sitting in a tin of beans. Have you noticed that? When I was a kid, they would sit in a tin of beans, a bath of beans. Whereas now, I didn't have a tin bath when I was a kid, I'm just saying, but they would sit in a bath of beans. Whereas now, it's something, you know, ultra-marathon, and all of those kind of back-to-back marathons for seven days or whatever, is to raise millions of pounds for children in need. And it's a challenge. And the one, this time, um, around Vernon Kay from Radio 2 did was it 110 miles in three or four days or something like that, which is quite a lot. And uh, he raised over six... I mean, I could do it quite easy in a car, but he raised (laughs) over... I mean, I don't know, what's that, about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes, something like that. took him four days, you know? Um, But he raised over six million pounds. And I was listening to him on the radio the other day, and he said, thank you for that six million pounds. And this is a couple of weeks after it. He said, my ankles are shot, my knees are shot, I don't think I ever walk again, but I really enjoyed it. Thank you for allowing me to take part in that challenge. And if I was to ask you, what has been your greatest challenge in life? I wonder what it would be. Maybe you have, for some unknown bizarre reason, run a marathon or marathons back to back. Maybe you've even climbed Everest. Anybody climbed Everest? You need to get out more. What's the matter with you? Anybody need to base camp? You need to do some challenges, you lot do. I haven't been either, but... Um, I did climb the Sugarloaf in South Wales, but, you know, it took me about an hour. But anyway, maybe you've kiked from John O'Groats to, to Land's End. Maybe you've done a bungee jump. I, I, I said something in a previous church once, has anybody done a bungee jump? And this lady of 85 put her hands up and said, I've done one. I thought, wow. She was completely game for everything. Any challenge she wanted to grab hold of and she wanted to take. Maybe your greatest challenge has been recovering from an illness. Maybe your greatest challenge is parenting. Maybe your greatest challenge is going to university, that new job, whatever it might be, we all have challenges. I remember back in 2001 when I moved from South Wales to Upminster and I heard about this thing called the tube. We didn't have the tube in South Wales. We had maybe two trains a day in South Wales. And so I moved to Upminster and I said to somebody, where can I get a tube timetable from? And they looked at me and said, what what do you mean a a tube timetable? I said, well, so I know what time to catch the tube. They said, well, just go and stand on the platform and a train will come. I thought, I'm good, but I don't have that kind of power. What kind of weird sorcery is this that you, you do in, in, in London, that you just stand there you, and a train suddenly appears? They said, no, no, no. There are trains, you know, every couple of minutes, and sometimes you may have to wait five minutes. 
And then somebody said, but what I can give you is a tube map. And that will help you navigate around London. And so I opened the map, and the biggest challenge I had, I'm colourblind. <laughs> and all of these, they said, just follow the brown or the green or the, the red line. And I went, well, which one is that? I haven't got a Scooby-Doo because I can't see those. They all merge into one. It was a huge challenge. I was so grateful when Gemma and I got together and I could just follow her around London as she was leading me to different places. And we've been doing that for the last best part of 20 years, but there we are. But challenges come in all sorts of shapes and, and sizes. For some, just just walking up the stairs feels like climbing Mount Everest. For some, not, not having that extra biscuit can feel like a challenge. It's a challenge I, I live with daily. I'm telling you, I know it well. Spending any time with that particular person can be a real challenge. Who you're going to eat the Christmas Day lunch with? Who's going to be around your table of those conversations in Sioux around family and friends can be a real challenge. Keeping awake till the end of one of my sermons can be a real challenge for some of you. You see, challenges are personal to us as individuals. I remember coming home from hospital after a major operation and, and just walking out to the back garden was a huge, huge challenge. And I had to start walking to this lamppost and then to this lamppost as I started to recuperate after surgery. In my first church back in 2001 as a minister, I remember talking to the senior minister and he said, I've been, I've been speaking at Christmas and Advent services for, for, for 20 years. And he said, I'm starting to find it quite a challenge. Because what exactly can you, more can, can you say? I've been doing this for 20 years and I was fresh-faced. Out of, out of Baptist College. And I, what are you on about? It's the most wonderful time of the year. What do you mean you're struggling to know what to say at a Christmas service? I've now been preaching at Christmas services for 22 years and, and I know that challenge can be real. And you've got a challenge because you're listening this year to my Christmas messages and my 22nd year in ministry. So good luck to that one. But anyway, before we go. The challenges are all around us. We face challenges every day. Maybe you're facing challenges now in life. Or if I started speaking, you, you've remembered challenges that you've faced in your lifetime. On Thursday, as I was preparing uh, this sermon, I, I looked out of the window and there was, a, there was a guy that was out for a run and he had come into our road and he was doing... You know, I could hear him breathing inside the house. You could, you could see he was struggling. He was trying to stretch, trying to, to get his legs to move a little bit. You could see he was like, oh, I just want to die. He was just like so exhausted. And he, he kind of put one foot in front of the other and, and got to the end of the road. And I watched him then as he, he turned down. He thought, oh, it's downhill from me. I can run down there. And he carried on uh, running. Carrying on running in that morning for him seemed quite a challenge. But I'm sure when he got home, the sense of achievement once he would, he would experience what he'd gone through that challenge would be absolutely amazing. And you see, there are two types of challenges though, aren't there? 
There are challenges that we choose uh, to take part in, like a, a sporting achievement and the like. And then there are challenges that we don't choose, but they're thrust upon us. We don't have a choice. They just come upon us. And in the Christmas account, Mary faced some huge challenges that she didn't ask for. Yet she received and she walked in them. Last week, Roger started our Advent series, our preparation for Christmas by exploring the surprise of Jesus that Mary experiences. She's visited by the angels to tell her she's going to be pregnant with the Saviour of the world. And the video that we just watched is a, a, a video of the Magnificat that we read in Luke 1, Mary's song of praise, Mary's response song. The Magnificat, which means my soul magnifies the Lord, my soul lifts the Lord up, my soul praises uh, the Lord. And in the New Living Translation of that verse, Mary responds by saying that God has done great things, tremendous things and good things. And we started to think about that and what that could mean for us uh, last week. And today as we continue this Advent series, we're thinking about the challenge of Jesus. The challenge that Jesus poses each and every one of us by his birth and his life. For you see, while we do face challenges every day, there's a, a greater challenge of Jesus that Christmas reminds us of because the challenge of Jesus is will we allow the truth of the birth of Jesus and the power of Jesus to impact our lives like never before. And as we move ever closer to Christmas Day, we experience the, the challenge of Christmas. Because for many, it is a time of challenge. Family dynamics, let's be honest, can be a challenge. They need to be navigated, and that can be challenging. Maybe you, for whatever reason this year, you, you just don't feel like celebrating. There are genuine reasons, grief, sadness, loss, all of those kind of things that you just don't want to celebrate. I remember my mum, the year that my dad died in 1985, a, a day or two before Christmas, she said, I just want to go to sleep on Christmas Eve and wake up on Boxing Day. I don't want Christmas Day. She found it a huge challenge and obstacle that she just did not want to navigate through and it had been thrust upon her. What to buy somebody as a present? It becomes a challenge. Arranging work schedules becomes a challenge. Financially, Christmas can be challenging. Christmas can indeed be walking through a series of challenges that sometimes can have us longing for January, even before we get there. Now, one of the definitions of the word challenge is to make demands on, to prove testing to. An example of that would be a new way of life that would challenge them. And you see, life with Jesus is a new way of life that will challenge us. It's not may challenge us, it will challenge us, if we're living it properly. The birth of Jesus is ultimately about how we're redeemed, how we're saved from a life of separation from God. But receiving our redemption fully is a challenge, and it's a challenge because there's always something in the world that wants to, wants to pull us back, wants to tempt us, wants to 
uh, draw us away uh, from Jesus. You know, the, the only job of the enemy is to make sure we don't go in love with Jesus. The only job of the enemy, his, his one purpose is to draw us away from Jesus. And he'll do that in any way in which he can. And he started right back at the first Christmas that we read in Scripture. And so the genuine challenge can be, in our lives, how do we make room for Jesus to be the heart of what Christmas truly is to us? Because when we think of that first Christmas that we read in the Gospels, everyone faced a new challenge. Everyone faced a new way of life that challenged them. And for us here in 2023, we ask ourselves three questions. How did Jesus challenge them? How did they respond? And how will we respond this year? It seems obvious, doesn't it, to say that Mary was challenged. She's a young virgin and is visited by an angel who tells her that God has chosen her to carry and give birth to the Messiah. Somebody that she would have been known about the prophecies, waiting for for Jesus to come. But not in her wildest dreams would she have thought, that's going to happen through me. Now to say that would have been challenging is probably the understatement of the 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 whole world. Not only is she to be pregnant through not human biological means, she has to explain all of that to Joseph. A man who she is legally engaged to, betrothed, legally binding. How she's going to explain that to her family, to the community where she's living. It's not that that she didn't want children. It's not that she wasn't ever going to get pregnant, but, but not at this time, not, not now, and not in this way. She's not fully married yet, and, and so Joseph knows that the baby that she's carrying is not his. And because of that, he could have had her killed. Because... As far as the world is concerned, there's only one way a woman gets pregnant, and if it's not Joseph, she's had an affair. She's committed adultery. And at the time when this was happening, that was... The penalty could be death. So that's quite challenging, isn't it? That's the challenge that that Jesus is posing to Mary. But moving on from that, that wasn't the only challenge because the saviour of the world, the Messiah, is not any old ordinary son. This is not going to be an an ordinary life. He's going to be the saviour of the world. And so, and all that that entails. So she would have known that, that not only is this birth this pregnancy, this birth is going to be challenging. The rest of my life is going to be challenging. My, my life is completely changed forever and it's never ever going to go back to normal, whatever that normal might be. There was going to be the challenge of being on the run from Herod who wanted to kill the young Jesus. There was the challenge of Jesus' ministry when he was older. There was the challenge of seeing Jesus die on the cross. Many challenges For Mary's response is not just about now, it's about Jesus' life. 
and how that's going to transform her and the world. And throughout her life, I'm sure Mary would have every now and again stopped and remembered the words that she spoke to the angel. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you say come true. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you say come true that I give birth to the saviour of the world. I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you say come true. All of those prophecies come true about this baby growing up to be a man who's going to die on a cross. My son is going to die on a cross. May everything you say come true. The challenges that Mary experienced were huge. And those challenges surely would have made her feel uncomfortable. Because even though she might have heard the prophecies that this is how God's going to redeem the world. In 33 years' time, seeing your Saviour, seeing your Son die on a cross is going to make you feel uncomfortable, to say the least. All of these challenges that Mary faced. And you see, for us, often challenges make us feel uncomfortable. I've never climbed Everest. I know you're surprised at that. I've never run back-to-back marathons. I know you're surprised at that. I've never run a marathon, let alone back-to-back ones. But I would imagine they would make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And that's what challenges do. They make us feel uncomfortable. And I suppose another one of the questions that we need to pose ourselves as we head towards Christmas, the two candles are lit, is are we willing to accept the challenge of being uncomfortable for Jesus? That's what, that's what Christmas does. It, it can make us, if we truly accept it, there's, an, there's a sense of being uncomfortable, being moved out of our, our comfortable bubble and accepting the challenge of Jesus. And all of the people in the first Christmas face challenges. And it's easy to just brush past them because we think of school nativity plays, don't we? And we think of our, our little Johnny dressed up with a, a tea towel on his head as a shepherd and all of those kind of things. And we ooh and we ah and we love it when, when, when Mary takes the baby Jesus, thankfully he's a doll, and throws it over her shoulder. You know, we, we laugh at all of those things. And we sanitise Christmas. And we make it so fluffy and comfortable and nice and twinkly lights and it's all lovely. But there's massive challenge in this story. There's massive challenge in the account, the truth of Jesus. And every single person in that first Christmas experienced the challenge of Jesus. Joseph was, the Bible tells us, a good man, a a man of good values and good character. You know, the, the challenge he faces when he hears that Mary is pregnant and he knows it's not his. Even if he ends the engagement, even if he does it quietly. You know, gossip is not just a 21st century problem. There's going to be gossip. There's going to be, these are small communities that some of them are living in. It's always going to be talked about. He's always going to be that man. You know, who, if, he, if he ends it, if he doesn't have a kill, if he ends it quietly, who further down the line when he's recovered from it, when he's healed from this breakup of a relationship, who's ever going to want to marry that man with all of his baggage? The challenge that he faces. And then if he, then the challenge of the angel, it's okay, Joseph, it is true, go for it. You can marry Mary. The challenge doesn't end there. There will always be those that talk, always be those that say, that's what she says. She says it was Jesus. She said it was the angels. 
I wonder if the challenges are, he's only human, that even though he's been visited by an angel, whether those moments where he's just thinking, is it real? Is it real? Or did she have an affair and this is some elaborate ruse, some excuse? The challenge of Jesus that Joseph experienced would have been huge. And yet his response was to accept the challenge and be obedient. Put yourself in his shoes, if you can, just for a moment. That is huge. That is massive. That he chooses to be obedient. And then we always talk about the shepherds. Because the shepherds are always in the Christmas story, the Christmas account. And and they're always there. They're central to the events that, that surrounded the birth of Jesus. And they were challenged because the angels appeared before them on the hillside. They accepted the challenge with joy. They ran to Bethlehem to see Jesus for themselves and then they ran around telling everyone. The challenge would have been because they knew what people thought about them. You know, that, that they knew that everybody would be thinking, well, if this is such important, powerful news, I, come on, shepherds, I, I kind of think God would have spoken to somebody a little bit more important than you to tell everybody. And yet they accept it. They accept the challenge and they run around. They risk all when they accepted the challenge of Jesus and they were obedient and they told people about him. And then the wise men, while, who while they're in our Christmas account, actually appears, we all know, when Jesus is probably a toddler, maybe two years of age. What a challenge they encountered. After they've worshipped Jesus, they're warned in the dream not to return the same way. Wow. Herod was not like um, King Charles III. You know, King Charles, I don't know him personally, but he seems a decent enough chap. If I did something wrong, I don't think he would chop off my head or kill me or anything like that. I don't think we stick people in the Tower of London anymore. I think those days are gone. But Herod, he was a tyrant. And so these wise men, they, 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 they've been to see Herod. They've heard that Herod said, come back and tell me where this baby is. And they're warned, don't do that, because Herod doesn't want to worship him. He wants to kill them. And so these wise men put a baby boy, a toddler, before a ruthless king. And they go another way. They do not return the same way. What a challenge, because they would know they've done the right thing, but always looking around their shoulder. Is Herod going to come after me? Is he going to send some cronies to come and, and do us in? All of that would have been going on. They chose not to return the same way. They chose to ignore Herod and walk in the light that is Jesus Christ, even though it wasn't comfortable. And friends, for us, how challenging is it to not return the same way with a destructive pattern of life? How often, how challenging is it for us to not return the same way to a life we knew before Jesus? How challenging is it to not return the same way when Jesus has pointed something out to us but we find fear dominates our life? Friends, the challenge to not return the same way but to walk in the light of Jesus and therefore live out our redemption can be really difficult. But we, the challenge of Jesus, the challenge that that we, we experience now, the challenge that we experience on the 25th of December when we, we welcome 
Yea, Lord, we greatly born this happy morning. The challenge is, will we walk in that light? Or will we return and go the other way? Let's ponder the light a moment. Reading John's Gospel, John chapter 1, verses 1 through to 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everyone that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So here we have this truth, this idea that that Jesus is a light that shines in the dark places, that shines in the dark places of our lives. Now the darkness is anything that resists God. It is the enemy, it's Satan, it's a, it's a world that doesn't recognise Jesus. As the light Jesus shone into the lives of people in the first Christmas and they believed, they followed, they allowed the light to challenge them and they walked in that way as opposed to another way. Further on in John's Gospel, in John 8 verse 12, we read, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. Friends, do you, do you walk in that? Do you walk in that daily? Do you walk in that always? Or do you find there are times where you return the same way? The challenge is to not return the same way, but to walk in the light That is Jesus. It's the light that was prophesied about back in Isaiah. We read in chapter 9, the people who walked in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Everybody in that first Christmas, all Mary, uh, Joseph, the wise men, the shepherds, they allowed the challenge to impact them and they walked in the light that was Jesus. For the challenge of Jesus is to allow yourself to follow his light and not the light of the world. To follow the way that he leads. Even when this costs you, even when it's uncomfortable. Even when this isn't what you might have wanted to do. Because without Jesus, what are we doing? We're stumbling around in the dark, right? But if we allow the light to show us things and to walk in that, our lives will be challenged, our lives will be changed, but what Jesus shows we may not always want. Yet that's the path that Jesus has for us. The birth of Jesus redeems us, but it's a challenge to fully receive and live out that redemption. Back in 1867, the British politician, Lord Shaftesbury, said these words, The time is coming where matters will not be measured by the talent or the ability or by fine clothes or by power to speak or by being on platforms or by listening to those upon platforms, but the time is coming when matters will be measured by those who have the truest faith, the deepest love and the most sincere acts of obedience to their Lord and Saviour, a most devoted and strong imitation of his blessed example. And all of us, friends, find it challenging to be completely obedient to Jesus. To walk in that way. And especially at Christmas time. For the challenge at Christmas time is to make sure that the main thing is Jesus and that Jesus is the main thing. Amen? That's the challenge. When all of the adverts on TV, whatever... Uh, adverts on TV is all telling you that they are showing you what you need to make Christmas properly. 
They're telling you, I don't know whether you need a, a Venus flytrap or, or whatever it is to make Christmas the right Christmas. If you think, what's he on about? It's a John Lewis advert. Other adverts are available. But they have this massive spread out. They have all of these clothes. They have all of this. They have all of that. This is what you need to have the right Christmas. And if this is what Christmas is about. And if you don't have that in your Christmas, well, your Christmas has failed, hasn't it? There's a thing around social media that's going around every year. You know, you don't have, as a family, you don't have to have matching pyjamas to have a proper Christmas. And we can laugh at that. Yeah, that's true, that's right. But we'll go out and buy them. <laughs> you don't have to have all of this to have a proper Christmas, but, but the world is telling me, convincing me, it's encouraging me that I need all of that. And we read it and we watch it and we feel challenged because we think we're failing our kids, we're failing our family, we haven't got it, we're not doing it properly if we don't include all of this stuff. There are so many challenges that the world puts before us at Christmas. And I don't know about you, it can be exhausting and it can be stressful. Let me take you back to 1996. And the film that's being released is Toy Story, the first one. The original one, the best one. But that's been released. All of the major toy companies didn't want to touch it with a barge pole. They wouldn't make the dolls of, of Woody and um, Buzz Lightyear and all of those. They wouldn't make them because they, they believed this film was going to be a flop. What happened? The most grossing film probably of all time. It absolutely took off. One toy maker, a little unknown toy maker, got the contract and I'll make those toys. What did they do? They made thousands of Woodies. Everybody wants the main character, right? Woody's the one that you want. Uh-uh. What did kids say? To infinity and beyond, we want. We want Buzz Lightyear. You couldn't get a Buzz Lightyear coming up to Christmas in 1996 for love nor money. People were buying them who could get hold of them, sell them on the black market for exorbitant prices. Parents were running around on Christmas Eve in every single shop. This is before online shopping was a massive thing. We're going to every single shop that they could find, barging people out of their ways and all of that, just to get their hands on a Buzz Lightyear because if my little Johnny doesn't wake up, if my little Susie doesn't wake up, to wake up tomorrow and Father Christmas has not delivered a Buzz Lightyear, our Christmas is ruined. Here's the thing. If you didn't get a Buzz Lightyear that year, and you've been in therapy ever since, but if you didn't get a Buzz Lightyear that year, what would have happened on Christmas morning? Well, you know what happened. The sun still rose. It was not the end of the world. But the world convinced us that it was. And the challenge, friends, that we have at Christmas, the challenge that Jesus poses to us is how do we, how do we straddle this, this world of... Because there's nothing wrong in, in buying presents for, for kids and adults. And all. I love presents. Gifts is one of my love languages. It's great. If I wake up on Christmas Day and there's no presents for me... Jem, I know you're watching, we're going to have words, I'm saying. You know? But, it, but it's not the be all and end all. 
Because Christmas has to be about making Jesus the main thing and the main thing Jesus. And the challenge we face, every single one of us, the challenge we face is, how do we do that? How do we, you know, we're in the world but we're not of it. How do we live in this world? How do we have all of the fun, the decorations, the food, the presents, all, but not allow that to become the thing that challenges us? You know, I love pigs in blankets. I think they're probably the best thing about Christmas Day dinner. Because let's be honest, turkey's a bit dry, isn't it? It is. If you like turkey, you're just falling in with the, the world. We never used to have turkey, did we? Nut roast, yes. Vegan, vegetarian options are available. But... And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that there's going to be pigs in blanket on my Christmas Day dinner. But if there's not, once the argument has died down, <laughs> and we've cleaned up and thrown the plates around, will it make any difference at all? No. Not a jot. But we allow that to be the thing that challenges us as opposed to the, our redemption of walking in the light of Jesus. If we spend as much time on focusing, on allowing the challenge of Jesus to, to just not just go into our head, but go into our heart and, and flow in all of our being and move us and, and excite us and convict us, if we put as much effort into that as it is to get a nut roast or a pigs in blanket, our lives will be transformed. And that's the challenge that we face, friends. You know, as, as the church, as people, we, we have an inbuilt tendency to be sidetracked by the peripheral aspects of life. And the peripheral aspects of God's message to humanity. We like the things like the rules and the rituals, the things we do, the traditions and the music, the church politics, the status of those who speak and teach in the Christian world. And what happens when we put all of our all of our energies into that, we just push Jesus out. Just push him out. And if our vision is Jesus is the heart of everything, we need, to, we need to make room to allow Jesus to be the heart of our Christmas. But what we end up doing as Christians, what we end up doing as church, is actually we find that the maintenance of being church begins to dominate the mission. Take the visit of the angels to the shepherds as an example. Imagine if this account read a little bit differently. Imagine this is what Luke 2, 8 to 20 said. So the angels visit the shepherds and tell them the great news, the tremendous news, the good news, and they say, wow, that is awesome. That's simply amazing. However, instead of us all acting on impulse and joy-filled gut reactions, let's form a committee to decide what we do with this information. Let's pray about it. Let's discuss it at the next church meeting. We could go now, but that means we'd have to change the time of our service. Oh dear. And so-and-so's not going to like that. Or big gulp, we cancel the service because we're going to go meet Jesus. Should we contact them to actually see even if they want us to go? But actually, we're in Advent as well and we've got five more Christmas services to come up. We just haven't got time to go. We'll go in the new year. 
We allow all of the maintenance stuff to push out the mission. By the time we get there, Jesus has moved on. The challenge is to not allow the maintenance to overrule the mission. The challenge is to make the mission the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. Let's bring this into close. I want to encourage you to think about the birth of Jesus. I want to encourage you to think about the challenge of Jesus. And think about what is it in your life right now that Jesus is challenging? What by his light is he showing you? Maybe the challenge is that Jesus, he's calling you to something. And it seems a bit scary. It's a bit out of the box. There's a lot of unanswered questions. You don't know how it will work out. The road, this isn't the road you've been down before. You see, when we think about Jesus' light of the world, often he lights the next step. He doesn't often shine a light and show the whole thing kaboodle working out. He shows the next step and the challenge is we'll be walking that one and then believe that he'll show the next one. Maybe the challenge that Jesus is calling you to is to get rid of that giant in your life that keeps tripping you up and you know it's holding you back but it just feels so difficult to let it go but also it's a bit comforting. Maybe you've been part of the church for years but your faith is stuck. Or you wouldn't say that in church circles but you know your faith is stuck. You know you haven't moved forward in your faith for years. But you're comfortable. And you simply don't want to let go. Maybe the challenge is for you a, a church ministry that needs to change or you need to let go of it or it needs to stop. But we don't like that. We don't like that because that's my thing. That's, that's what I do. I've always done that and we've always done it that way. Maybe Jesus tells you that now is the time to change that. Not for you, but for those people who don't know Jesus. You see, Jesus will bring lots of different challenges. I don't believe... The challenge that Jesus posed to Mary, Joseph, uh, shepherds, wise men, and so on and so forth. I don't believe Jesus stopped challenging them. I believe Jesus still challenges today. And the question is, will we accept, and will we receive, and will we respond in obedience to those challenges? Because what happens when we don't? Yeah, we, we have a nice Christmas. You may have the best tree that you've ever had. You may have the best meal, you may have the best present that you've ever experienced. You know, I remember one Christmas when we were kids, mum and dad gave us our presents and it was wonderful and it was great and we were sat there and then dad said, I've got another present for you both to share. My sister and I looked at each other without looking at we don't do sharing very well. And this will age me. It was a Binetone game console that's now in the Science Museum. <laughs> it is, you can go and see it for yourself. You know, you know what I mean when you play tennis and it's beep, beep. You play badminton, beep, beep. You play squash, beep, 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 beep. It's exactly the same, it just goes up and down. But they gave us one of these. Wow, what a Christmas. This is, this is the best Christmas ever. We were kids. I was maybe ten. This is the best Christmas we've ever had. How sad is that? If that's what we mark as a great Christmas. 
as adults, as people who believe in Jesus. The best Christmas is not any of those trappings, as great as they are, and please enjoy them. The best Christmas is when we truly accept the challenge of Jesus in our hearts, and we live and walk that out. Because it doesn't mean that our Christmas is just the best. It means that our life going forward will be the best as well. Will we do that as individuals? And may we do it as a church. Can the worship group come back up, please? Now what does it mean for us as a church to accept the challenge of Jesus? What does it mean for us to choose mission over maintenance? What would it mean to truly let go of the control and to walk in the light in new and fresh ways. You know, churches always have people who thrive on control. Is that you? Is that you? When you accept the challenge of Jesus, will you let go of the control and allow Jesus to be the one that leads? Here's the thing about challenges, as we've seen, they, they often make us feel uncomfortable. Today, in relation to the challenges, we ask, are we willing to be uncomfortable for Jesus? Jesus went through a massive challenge for us. Will we accept that challenge? And in doing so, make room for him? Now, will we finally, this year, clear that thing out of our lives, out of our heart, so that there's room, extra room, for Jesus? You know when uh, you have neighbours around, Peter Kay talks about it, and you have neighbours and family around on Christmas Day, and you go over to a neighbours and you're carrying chairs over and you're pushing them around the table and somebody's stood on a bar stool and somebody's on a little bean bag and it's all like that. But you just do it because you make room around your table for your friends and your family. But what about Jesus? Will we clear those things out? So we make room for Jesus in our Lives, in our Christmas, in our heart, in everything. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you that you allow us. And we not forget that. You, you allow us to have all the fun at Christmas. You allow us to have the, the tinsel, the tree, the, the, the trappings, the decorations, the presents, the food, the... You don't mind us enjoying ourselves. But may we see that we can enjoy ourselves even better when you're at the heart. Christmas is a challenge. Following Jesus as the light of the world is a challenge. Father, help us to live in that light of the world. And truly make room for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, this Christmas time and always. Amen. We're going to respond, and as we do, we're going to stand. Could you just stand? And we're going to, we're going to sing Light of the World. And in, in, in the song, there's the lines that say, Open my eyes, let me see beauty that make this heart adore you friends I'm not asking you to come to the front I'm not asking you to do anything other than between you and God an audience of one 
Will you allow your eyes to be opened today? A new and a fresh. You might have been a Christian for, for many years. You might not fully know if you are a Christian. But will you open your eyes a new and a fresh that you can see the beauty of Jesus? And so you instruct your intention about your heart adoring you. It's by His Spirit. Allow Him to wash over you today. Light of the world. You step down into darkness. Open my eyes. Let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. You can spend a life with Jesus if you accept the challenge. Let's worship Him together.